You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe. And 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler, and I'm your host, and you are listening to the Weekly Business Hour. I want to thank you for joining us today. Uh, We're right here in downtown Conroe at the studios of Lone Star Community Radio. We're broadcasting not just on Conroe FM throughout the Conroe and Montgomery County area, but throughout the world on the Internet. A great way to communicate. We have listeners, in fact, all over the world. So we welcome you to join us if you're interested in talking about business, if you learn the latest in business ideas, and you want to take into consideration ideas that can make a real difference in your business today, then, my friends, you are at the right place. Again, the weekly business hour. I want to remind you that this show is being broadcast live on YouTube and Facebook. Just go to the Weekly Business Hour channel or page. That's the Weekly Business Hour channel or page. Click, and you can not just listen, but you can watch as well. So if you'd like to watch what's going on here in the studio and as we visit with our guest and I talk to you about all things business, then please do go to Facebook, YouTube, live, and listen as well as watch the Weekly Business Hour. I want to mention before we really get started this morning that the program is sponsored uh, by Keith Acano and Closing Strong, Inc. I really appreciate it. They've been our sponsors now for quite a while. And I would encourage you to check these folks out if you're looking for someone to advise, coach, or mentor you in your business. Uh, His company, Keith's company, Closing Strong, is where they cater to you and the growth of your business. I've known Keith for some time. He can really help your company. He's had over four decades of experience in business, businesses of all size. He can help make a difference in your business and help you identify what your personal purposes are in life and reflect that, reflect that in your business. So I encourage you, www.closingstrong.com to find out more about Keith O'Connor and Closing Strong. Well, our show, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off last week. We had started a soup to nuts conversation with a good friend, Brad Merkel. Uh, Brad is the founder and president of the Merkel Group, and he does a lot of mentoring, coaching, uh, holds a lot of seminars and webinars to work with business owners, business managers at all levels in all sizes of companies. And his main theme is, is leadership, how to develop your leadership qualities, your ability to show that you're a good leader, the ability to motivate your business unit or your employees. And uh, we've had a great conversation. He's writing a book, uh, and I think it really does have a brand new perspective in a very crowded market of ideas and books and information about leadership. I think Brad has hit on something, and he talks particularly about intentionality, leading on purpose. In fact, that's the title of his upcoming book, Intentionality, Leading on Purpose. So we're going to go to a recording uh, where we continued our Soup to Nuts conversation, part two, on intentionality, leading on purpose. Please listen, and I'll be back with you shortly. 
Well, Brad, thanks for joining us again. Uh, I think our program last week talking about intentionality and uh, having purpose in your leadership was, to me, very enlightening. I learned quite a bit. Uh, this week, though, as I had asked you to talk about, uh, I don't know what, crisis management, uh, you did a webinar recently, and uh, I saw the slides, and obviously very germane because we have this crisis going on. And it was really interesting, some of the things that you were offering to leaders uh, in, to do and in, in handle, hopefully, in a more thoughtful, more effective way, uh, the current crisis as it is, which creates a leadership crisis, right? I mean, so let's talk about that. I mean, you started out and you asked uh, what adjustments people are making. Well, there's all kinds of adjustments uh, we were talking about off air uh, that... Uh, People have closed their businesses. I mean, that's one extreme. Right. Um, people have gone, closed their front door, but they're still online. Online business is exploding in all categories, yep. whether it be B2B or B2Consumer. So let's talk about that. What adjustments should I be making now? Yeah, so we, um, as you said, we started this, this webinar with really um, two focus areas, the first being Let's address the business imperatives. Um, and then the second being, let's talk about leadership and how we lead through this. So um, in the business imperatives discussion, uh, we talked about exactly that. What adjustments need to be made uh, right now? Um, and some of them are obvious. There's uh, some that are you know, beyond uh, a business owner's control. For example, restaurants and uh, other places of uh, social gathering are, are required to close. So that's been, uh, that's been a huge impact. For other uh, businesses who have uh, typically, you know, have office buildings and lots of people working together, they've had to go to remote working. Um, so how do you set your people up from home? How do you support them um, with technology? Uh, how do you run your day? Uh, personal protective equipment. I noticed uh, just, uh, you know, like a week ago or so, you didn't see too many people <clears throat> wearing masks. You go around, even this morning, uh, you know, I visited uh, my mailbox before coming here, and the people working there were wearing masks, and I was glad to see that. It's for their protection, for our protection. So um, <clears throat> starting to really adjust and make real changes. Some of these things, they take us a while to get our mind around, right? I mean, this is a a really serious virus going around. But then we say, well, I'm okay. I don't need to make those changes, right? Um, so yeah, um, adjusting to changes in demand. Many people have seen their sales you know, drop off dramatically and how do they redeploy their staff? Is, are there things they can get their staff to do in the meantime uh, that might prepare them for coming out of this? So those are some of the things we talked about. Well, you know, there's there's some key things that you uh, that you mentioned that uh, resonated with me. One is the required changes with regulatory and legislative. I mean, obviously, legislation's coming down, uh, particularly loan opportunities, but there are also other regulatory changes being made to try to ease some of this pressure. Uh, sometimes that's good, sometimes it's bad. But talk about regulatory and legislative changes. I'm a leader of a business. I'm an owner of a business. An elite or a business unit or a facility, what do I need to do as far as the imperative of the required changes legislatively and uh, and regulatory to be a good leader? Yeah, I mean, so the the um, the short answer is that you know where you're required to do something, you need to you know that that is something that 
that leaders need to really execute flawlessly. Um, and so, you know, there's the there, there's really it's not one of these things that you want to try and debate or go against the grain. And so, uh, communication clarity is really clear with your employees uh, and with your teams that this is this is one of the changes we need to make. It's required. Let's let's move forward. What I think is a little more interesting than that is the voluntary changes that come come along with that. You know, so for businesses that are staying open, for example, how long, how often do you go and sort of disinfect surfaces or wipe surfaces? You know, if you go into a grocery store now, you'll see, you know, uh, folks now wiping down every cart. So those are the the more interesting changes I think that require leadership decisions um, that are the right they're the right things to do. Yeah, it's all about a balance. Uh, one of the things on that list, too, that you had was working remotely. You touched on that. Mm. And um, as I mentioned to you, I had a background in trying to work remotely with or train people 20, 30 years ago, and it was relatively. We have people working remotely, but now we're talking about a company, an entire business, whether it has three employees or 300 or 3,000, where a lot of it, particularly the white collar, if they say the management, whatnot, and, and all the support functions, the accounting, all sure are being asked to change and work from home. That is so dramatic, though, for a lot of people. And it, the change came overnight. Exactly. So what do people need to do? I'm the leader, and I've got to get all these people not only plugged in and productive, but effectively be able to function. Right. And now we've just put them at home with all... The distractions and challenges, uh, whether you live alone or you have children, family, what do you do? Yeah. So one of the first things uh, is exactly what you mentioned, is to try and support your your, your employees with um, setting up their their home workspace so that they can be, you know, productive. Um, not everybody has uh, a separate home office where they can close the door. And as you point out, children are home from school. It's a totally different, you know, maybe a working spouse is now home and working remotely too. So uh, doing everything you can to support them with, uh, with the right technology and equipment, sometimes, you know, having a laptop, having earphones, um, you know, uh, um, making sure they have good ergonomics and that sort of thing. That's really important. But then uh, you raise the point about how do you conduct work? How do you interact uh, when you don't have any proximity uh, and that takes a real change in communication. And so leaders really need to be thinking about the frequency of their communication. Uh, and they need to be thinking about the form of communication because it's very easy to gravitate to email communications. Uh, they're quick, they're easy, and they get out immediately to uh, you know as many people as you want. Uh, but we still crave some human interaction and we need to hear uh, some sense of priority and what's important from our leaders. Right, and I, I think you're exactly right. you got to change the script of mm -hmm. how you communicate. Obviously, your, your tool set is different or, or limited, and I think the, the challenge there is that a leader has to, this gets to that creative part of being a good leader, come up with ways to use that limited tool set to keep people engaged. And I've, I'm experiencing some of that from vendors and others and I'm watching and listening and seeing who's being effective with it, who's not. Mm. Uh, and again, I, I just imagine a company that's never really done remote 
uh, it's a whole new world every day. And I think the leader of that company or business team, uh, unit or whatever, they've really got to focus on this on a daily basis. Uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> there are um, there are leaders who have uh, their own sort of fixed mindset about what it means for people to work from home. Um, you know, there are businesses uh, who who have most of their employees working virtually, and they do very, very well, and their people are very productive. But there are some leaders who think that if my people aren't in the office, then they, they, they won't work hard. You know, and I think leaders really need to get their mind around that and, and essentially set that aside right now because uh, the data actually shows that people can be extremely productive at home uh, and oftentimes will work even longer hours in their home office because they're not walking away from it at 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock. The, the laptop is still open, and after dinner, they'll go back to it. So we see that all the time with people who work virtually. You know, it's funny you talk about uh, last year I read uh, about a company uh, that set themselves up from scratch from the get-go to work remotely. Mm. They do not have a home office, right. uh, primarily driven by talent. They needed a lot of really good IT talent, mm. and they found it in different places in the country. They couldn't compete in New York or Silicon Valley for that talent, so they designed their program and have over 300 employees and growing, but everybody's, and they do get together on Sure. But it's for, you know, everybody coming together for two or three days and that kind of thing. But those people obviously have a leg up, if you will, because they've successfully apparently executed that model. Uh, but we have to think that way. It's a whole new model. It's not just sending people home and making sure they have a computer and Internet and a headset and a microphone and da-da-da, know how to use Zoom or go to meeting. It's, it's a mindset of how things are going to flow. Because yeah. my expectations as a leader have to be adjusted to right. what I expect from my team. Is that fair enough? I totally agree. Your expectations uh, may be adjusted, but uh, again, it depends on your mindset. I, I think there's no reason why we can't be very effective, at least for certain periods, working remotely. There's really no reason. So um, I encourage leaders to think about what can be done, what is possible, as opposed to feeling restricted by this. Uh, and I think this crisis is going to change the way we work. I think a lot more businesses are going to uh, realize the power of, of working remotely and, and leverage it more going forward. Well, I'd love to see that acceptance because yeah. that's with the Internet and we always go into 5G and all these technical things happen. I often feel that we as a country or many of the businesses are behind right. in thinking, you know. The other thing that came, that jumped at me, and you're seeing this, and I actually saw last night on the news, but redeployment of people. Mm. Uh, the leadership, to me, that's an obvious one that either, yes, I furloughed people or I laid people off or I have fired people, whatever the technical, and every state has different rules and laws about unemployment and mm. all that kind of stuff, plus all the, there's government, uh, money for small businesses but i saw an interesting story last night which i thought was uh germane where it's a company that was in the toy business Hmm. up in pennsylvania and had 30 40 employees well now they're making hand sanitizer because some of the chemicals and stuff that they did they actually did some manufacturing well now they've redeployed about half the staff brought them back in and they're they showed them making this hand sanitizer and i 
I thought that was such one very creative leadership yeah. uh, to do that, and two, uh, the fact that they've been able to redeploy and retrain their staff to handle that. Yeah, great example, you know, of what's possible during during a time of crisis. I think one of the things that a crisis always brings out is it brings out the unexpected in people, and uh, it brings out a level of creativity that sometimes we don't even know that we have, right? So it's great to see uh, companies who are able to shift some of their people and their resources towards, you know, really doing something that's critically important right now, which is helping to, to battle this health pandemic. Yeah, it's, uh, I had to do a quick mention because it's a point of pride with me. We have a company here in the Woodlands, uh, Euphasia, I guess is how you say it. But anyway, they prov uh, manufacture uh, here in our area uh, soaps and things. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Mm -hmm. and, they just started doing the hand sanitizer. Did you see right. the story? It was just fantastic. Yeah. And the creativity didn't stop with switching or, or increasing, but like they needed two and a half gallon containers. I love that. They couldn't find them because everybody sold all the, so they went over to Igloo and bought two and a half gallon thermoses. What a, what an innovative, and loaded them with hand sanitizer yep. and shipped 600 of them out to Arizona, I think, for for government use, but I, I looked at that picture and I said, boy, it's even got the dispenser built right in. <laughs> but the creativity yeah. to do that exactly. and turn it into what I believe is a successful business. So uh, congratulations to all those people in the toy business and, yeah, for sure. and, and, and the soap business, so to speak, uh, of being very, very creative. Okay, we've got these imperatives uh, that we, we look at, and uh, I guess what strikes me is a leader needs to set their priorities. Again, we've got to move off that reactive stage, right, to, to, to really thinking about what we do and being interactive and whatnot. What should, in general, be my priorities uh, that I should be looking at, uh, maybe more so than I did in the past? Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that happens um, uh, in, a, in, a, in any crisis, but certainly one of this proportion, is you need to set aside your previous business plan, right? I mean, you you know, all leaders came into the beginning of this year with an idea, this is what my business plan looks like, these are my priorities for the year, and that is just all out the window. Um, it's not lost forever, but for this time, um, you you know, leaders need to rethink their priorities and reset them. Um, for uh, for this crisis. And obviously the first one that comes to mind is just the health, safety, and wellness of, of employees and customers. Um, and so you see those adjustments being made at the grocery store with the carts, with, uh, with you know, little markers on the floor keeping people six feet apart, um, with shields in place to protect the cashiers, and with wearing face masks. So I think I applaud all of those changes that have been made. Um, there are economic choices that have to be made. And uh, for many companies, it's about survival. Um, they want to be able to protect their assets so that when this thing is over, they can continue to employ their employees and continue to have a viable business. And so uh, leaders need to be giving a lot of thought about how do I protect what I have uh, so that I can be viable when, when we come out. And as you point out, there's a lot of uh, uh, thankfully, good government help to help weather this storm. But leaders shouldn't just count on that. They need to be thinking about how do they, what do they do to protect their their assets. 
One of the other ones that we talked a lot on this webinar about was reputation. So the way that you conduct yourself right now is going to be remembered by everyone. And, and if you respond the wrong way now, that'll also be remembered by everyone. So it's really important uh, right at this time to be so aware of um, what your customers, what your employees are going through, um, many of who may be directly impacted by this crisis, um, and to respond accordingly so that you protect the reputation of your company. The last thing that we uh, really need to step up as companies and leaders and business leaders is reaching out. Um, it's very easy to get focused on what's uh, happening inside our own little world, but this is a time to reach out to our customers, our big suppliers, um, uh, to all of our employees and make sure we're communicating and asking them how they're doing. You know, you mentioned uh, what really struck me is reputation because I always admire leaders that, uh, and, and you got to be careful, I guess, how you say it, but there's opportunities even in this terrible situation to do a good job, to build a stronger workforce, and to really enhance one's reputation by doing those things. Right. Uh, and so many leaders will focus on, well, I need mask, I need this, that, I need alcohol, whatever. But they're not really looking at the big picture, if you will, the vision. They don't have that vision to say, hey, there are opportunities. Not because it's a crisis, but it, there are going to be so many people that are going to hold back or are going to fold because they don't know how to deal with it. And I'm talking about leaders. Uh, what do you think? I mean, the opportunity to be creative and stand out to your customers, your vendors, as somebody that really performed well. What's your thoughts about that? Well, it's so important. The example you gave about uh, the local business in Fuja and what they did, you know, to support um, to support the government in this particular case or another stakeholder, hospitals, what have you. You know that that wasn't necessarily uh, an you know an effort to increase their business, right, or right. to focus on their core products. It was an effort to to step out and do their part in helping this uh, this crisis. So reputationally. That's gonna that goes a long way, and and I think their customers and their employees are always going to remember that, right? That's a, a a way to build loyalty, you know, in in your business. You know, you make that point. That's so important. Your employees, in that case, I would assume that their basic business model was not an essential, so they'd have to be closed down. So the people that work there, hopefully, they say, "Gosh, the leaders of this company." made something happen so I can keep working. Right. Yes, it's hard, a lot of change. but And and then I think they've already gotten, in the case of uh, Fusia, has already gotten such positive feedback from current customers mm -hmm. about what they're doing and supplying them with other, you know, the, the hand sanitizer is such a big thing. But mm. So does that enhance their reputation with their customers? Absolutely, I believe. Yeah. So this is what leaders need to be focusing on. And that's what I mean when I talk about opportunities. It's not dollars and cents per se. Yes, you got to pay your bills. you got to stay in business. But it's about building your reputation. Because when this thing moderates and, and it ends, if there's such a thing, then people will remember you. And like you Absolutely. said, if you act bad, they're going to remember that too. Because exactly. we're all keen on things happening the right way, I mean, yeah. personally and in our businesses. Agreed. Well, let's talk about, uh, for a few minutes that we have left, talk about assessing uh, a 
a risk because that's what it's about. And I have a sense that a lot of small business people, managers, leaders particularly, kind of struggle with risk assessment. Mm -hmm. They might be able to assess a risk on a new product or new service, but we're talking about the whole business now. It's almost yeah. like we're going back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when we started this unit, this business unit, or and now we've got to assess where are we today? And I think in the, the webinar you talked about even 12 to 24 months out. Yeah. And you build scenarios. Talk about that with us a little bit. Yeah, it's so important uh, to build scenarios, uh, to, to give yourself at least some visualization or some picture of what the future might look like. And, and this, this crisis that we're going through, this global pandemic, is so unpredictable that none of us really know how long it's going to last or how bad it's going to be. Um, we wish we knew. We wish we could predict it. But you sort of have to put some bookends on it so that you can at least understand, does my business survive in that scenario? Um, and uh, we encourage people to think about 12 to 24 months as a time frame. And why does that? That sounds like a worst-case scenario. I mean, you know, of course, uh, the nation's leaders want to get the country up and running as soon as possible. We all, we all want to. But if we can't come up with a medical breakthrough for this thing, then we're really looking at a vaccine as the last resort of kind of stemming this thing, which is a year to a year and a half away. So we kind of encourage people to think about that as the worst case. It sounds like it's going to be really tough, but it's possible. So what does your business look like if it's 12 or 18 months of, you know, no social gatherings and social distancing and all of this? And then what's the best case scenario? Uh, and the best case scenario is not just maybe the economy opens up a month from now, but are there other scenarios such as your business model changes? Right? You're now maybe supplying hand sanitizer when you weren't before, and that changes your business model. That gives you a capability that you didn't have. So what are some best-case scenarios, and how do you leverage those? Uh, we, we find that by, by, by painting those pictures, um, it reduces the anxiety that business leaders are going through because there's so much uncertainty. Yeah, and I, I think you make a wonderful point there because basically you're reducing, probably not eliminating, that uncertainty because I've had to back up take a look, and what does this potentially look like? Plus, I participated in it, and a good leader will have key people, right, communicate it to right. the employees, the vendors. This is what we're looking at, and the messaging, hopefully, unlike at the federal level, will be the same. Right. <laughs> so the confidence level can go up. I think that is uh, really, really important. One of the things that when you talked about risk, you talked about what would happen if we don't do anything. Mm. And I still think there are a lot of companies, yes, people have rushed to apply for loans to cover payroll, and of course that system just crashed. And, you know, there's, that's okay. That's, a, that's an action, more, a reaction more right. than a thoughtful in many cases. Uh, and I'm not saying it's a negative thing, but it's where a lot of attention's been focused versus, and meanwhile we do nothing right. with the rest of the business. Right. I mean, how dangerous is that? It could be very dangerous. Again, until you understand what some of the likely scenarios might be uh, doing, you know, you can't really have a good framework for evaluating the do-nothing case. Uh, do-nothing might be okay for one or two months, but it might not be okay for 18 months. So 
So uh, that has to be taken in context. Uh, I also think that um, it's a really important question to ask, how are, how are your competitors respond? Or how are your competitors responding? So by virtue of you doing nothing and your competitors making a change, that changes the whole dynamic for how well you're positioned at the end of this thing. You can literally watch your revenue just dribble away. It may have had that sudden impact because you had to shut your doors, but then you're right. Uh, reading about a small business in the Houston area where they had a certain amount of online, but they had a storefront, a nice storefront, clothing business and accessories, and they were forced to shut the doors. But he reported that his sales last month were up 5% over the same month a year before. Mm -hmm. Total sales. Yep. Because he shifted, started shifting back in January, February, and putting more emphasis, changing his online presence. Right. Uh, so it's possible. It's doable Right. Uh, for many businesses. Now, I think if you're selling into the oil field, you may have some real challenges that are way beyond, as mm -hmm. they call it now in Texas, the double whammy. Let's talk about leadership and what it is and isn't. And I think it's important. I mean, it's a quick checklist but for those of us who perhaps were trained incorrectly, uh, it might cause us to really work to change our habits. So let's talk about it. Yeah, so leadership, um, when people think of leadership, they often think it's associated with uh, title or position or seniority. Uh, you know, if, if that's the CEO or the president, they must be a leader, right? Uh, they must be the leader. Um, Sometimes its uh, leadership is associated with uh, behavior. Um, a person who is very commanding or very forceful, well, that's a real leader. Um, and of course, uh, there is the uh, management, the term management, which is used uh, when we need managers. And good management is really important, especially now. Uh, if you take something like uh, building a hospital in a convention center in four days, and you think about the logistics that it takes to do that. I mean, that is unbelievably flawless management and execution, right? And it took some leadership too. But leadership is not all of those things. It has nothing to do with seniority and position and title. Anyone can be a leader. And leader, leadership is really a process. It's not necessarily a single action, but it's a process of influencing others to maximize their effort towards a goal. That's one of the best definitions that I've found. Um, it's from a great article in, in Forbes magazine. And, and so uh, think about that for a minute. It's about influencing others so that they will maximize their effort towards a goal. And that's difficult to do. Well, and that makes sense. I remember an expression similar, a little more, a little more acute uh, that I was taught was, uh, leadership is uh, perhaps good management was the way it was more explained to me because we never talked about a lot of leadership, but it's getting people to do something they don't want to do and like it, right? We've heard that. So getting people to perform in all circumstances, the way I distilled it out yeah. uh, and, do, and still be effective. And, uh, but I think that's important to take stock uh, of what's going on. Uh, right now, people are responding, as we've discussed, in different ways. Um, Talk about that a little bit. Is there some encouragement? There's got to be to help people see this a little clearer so they respond as a leader in, in a more effective, 
correct manner. Talk about that if you don't mind. Yeah, so the one exercise that um, I had led, I led on this particular webinar, and I work with a lot of my leaders on this, is to take a few quiet moments to think about the type of leader you want to be during this crisis. How do you want to show up for your people? What does great leadership look like for you? And just literally write down two or three words that describe that for you. Uh, and then ask yourself the question, how do I normally react when I'm in a stressful situation? And write down those words and take a little bit of an inventory check. Do those two lists look at all the same or do they look completely different? For most of us, they look completely different. The leader that we want to be is calm and confident and uh, in, you know, influential and, and enthusiastic. And the leader that we are when we're stressed out is panicked, rushed, um, you know, stressed, um, impatient, right? Uh, and sometimes not really um, behaving in the, in the most constructive ways. So we ask people to contrast that because it's about awareness and consciousness of, of your leadership approach. And if you're not aware of it at this point in time, you're going to get dragged into your normal stress response. And that's, that's a natural thing. We're all actually trying to survive this crisis. And, and we're in survival mode. So that is taking over the way we're showing up to our people. And I think it's really important that leaders get a hold on that. You know, one of the biggest challenges in that area, and then we'll kind of close on some things I think that you pointed out about leading remotely, uh, which I think are, is great advice, but is the fact that it's something I really push, and that's fit with what I'm doing. So I often talk about fitting into the business I'm starting or I'm developing, make sure my personality, my I'll use left-hand column of what you talked about of yep. how I react in this case, uh, versus what I would like to be doing. Uh, because change will take you so far personally, and you'll find yourself reverting back to what's natural. Right. And so I think there's it's important that people find ways to be the leader they know that's needed, mm. but that they can repeat it, that they're comfortable yes. with it. Because if you don't, eventually it shows, right? It Correct. happens. And uh, I've been there and done that. We've got a few minutes left, uh, a couple minutes, in fact. Let's talk about, uh, and this was interesting, how to be an effective leader where people now are working remotely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you got a team, you got a business, and you're, you just, everybody had to go home because you had to shut your door. You're not essential, yeah. if you will. What a big word today. I'm not essential anymore, non-essential. Uh, talk about some, some ideas of the, as a leader that would uh, help me be more effective. Yeah, so we talked a little bit earlier about making sure you support your your team, your employees with um, having an effective workspace at home. That's important. Leveraging technology. Um, what, what people need at this time is they need frequent communication and they need candid communication. They need to know exactly as much as you can possibly share. Uh, we often get into this, uh, especially in larger companies, scenario where the senior leaders are talking about all the potential implications of this. Will there be layoffs and so on and so forth? But none of that really gets communicated. So all that people think is, well, they're off in a room, in a dark room, determining our future. Um, you need to be more candid. You need to tell people that everything's on the table. 
even layoffs. And this is why we might, you know, why we're thinking about it. And we're doing everything we can to avoid it, but, you know, be candid. Um, and it's almost like those scenarios. You, you're giving people a sense of what the scenarios, the boundaries are. Uh, it's important that um, people get meaningfully involved in the change. So if, there's a, if there is a change in your business uh, plan, and take the example you gave of, uh, of Infusia taking a, a, you know, a, making a new product, get your people involved in that. And they, they obviously did get involved, and they created a, a unique, innovative solution with the containers. So that's a great example of meaningful involvement where everybody felt like they contributed. Um, I think it's really important to, um, this is something that we spent a fair bit of time on with our, in our call, that leaders are taking the time to listen, to genuinely listen, because there is that dichotomy right now. There is a need to give instruction on, and, and direction on certain things that must be done. But there is a real need to listen, and uh, that's that's being overlooked a little bit. Um, and so we're encouraging our leaders to really take the time to ask questions of their employees and to be quiet and listen to their answer. Well, it kind of gets back to what we said earlier uh, in our, our first program, our first part of this conversation about, uh, I guess I call it effective listening. Be sure you're listening. Don't be on one track and they're on another track and. I would 1,000% agree with you that, particularly in times like we're in now, where there is a crisis, whatever the cause, uh, because people generally are going to be nervous, uh, and they walk into that conversation being nervous. Yeah. And so, again, I look at it a real opportunity for good leaders to be that calming voice that says, we have a plan, and you're part of that plan, and this is what we need you to do. Right. Great opportunity for business. I'll give you an example, a quick example that um, some of our folks found really useful uh, is that I, I had one leader who was very caring about his employees and very empathic. And so he was asking his employees, how can I support you? And over and over again, he found that they were not responding to that question. So they were saying, oh, oh you must have a lot on your plate, boss. Um, I'm okay. Thanks for the offer, but I'm okay. And so after a while, we kind of uh, invented a new approach. And we came up with the question, what is your biggest challenge right now? And so he started using that with his employees, just what is your biggest challenge right now? And listening to the answer. And that gave him the opportunity to really figure out what it was he needed to do to support his employees. So it's just a simple change in the question that you ask generates a a whole different set of actions in terms of how you can support your, your teams and your employees. Yeah, that's a great question. I hope folks listening to this will write that one down because I, it's all about phraseology. But it's what is it that you want out of that question? So be right. sure you ask it correctly. Well, Brad, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. I appreciate we kind of got off onto this leadership during crisis. But again, I feel it's very germane. Obviously, we're thousands and thousands of businesses are displaced, so to speak, right now off their business plan. And I love your encouragement. Put it in the drawer, put it in the notebook, put it aside, but have it available because times will get better. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you've enjoyed our continuation of our soup to nuts conversation with Brad Merkel. And I encourage you to listen next week. We'll have part three where we're going to talk about the five pillars 
this is a simple, straightforward roadmap on how you can become a more effective, intentional leader, have an intentional purpose in what you do as a leader of your business, your company, the unit, your team, wherever you are a leader. So please plan to join us. Thank you. Thanks, Rick. OneBestConsult.com, a community of small business owners where you as an owner can find answers to the most pressing business questions you have. Not sure who to turn to when you have a challenge in your business? Turn to the folks at OneBestConsult.com. That's the number one bestconsult.com, where you can always find advice you can use based on common sense business experience. Join our community of like-minded business owners at OneBestConsult.com. Well, thank you, Brad Merkel. I appreciate uh, the conversation. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know, I asked Brad to kind of do that special segment uh, as it relates to the current health crisis, uh, economic crisis, and talk to us about extraordinary leadership in extraordinary times. Because, yes, it is a time for leaders, owners of businesses, folks that head up business units. It's time for us to, to really shine, to do our very best to make sure that our economic interests and our business and whatnot are used to the fullest extent possible under the current situation. And I think there are some special lessons there for us as leaders. And again, thank you, Brad Merkel, for doing that. If you want to contact Brad Direct, just go to his website. It's uh, www.merkelgroup.com. That's the merkelgroup.com. Uh, he really, like myself, takes all questions. Uh, so if you have an interest or a particular question about something he said or your particular situation, shoot him an email. You can find the address there at merkel.com. And I also want to mention that a video cast and podcast of today's show will be po- posted on Wednesday at our website. Uh, that's at one, that's the number one, bestconsult.com. Just go to the website at onebestconsult.com and you will see and be able to click on and listen or re-listen, if the case may be, uh, to today's show. We're going to take our break in just a moment, uh, and before we do that, I'm going to let you know what we have coming up in the second half. Uh, First of all, I'm going to review and comment on today's conversation that we had with Brad. There's a couple of things he brought up. I want to make sure that you picked up on them. I think they're important for all of us as leaders, uh, and hopefully solicit comments from you. Uh, I always appreciate that. Anything you have to talk about, send it to my email address at onebestconsult at gmail.com. That's onebestconsult at gmail.com. And also, I will end the program with my One Best Consult tip of the week entitled, When Are You Going to Reopen for Business? So I encourage you to stay with us, and we'll be right back. ideas and news you can use join us on the weekly business hour every monday at 11 a.m on lone star community radio a lone star community radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on conroe's fm 104.5 106.1 and on irlonestar.com start your own podcast create your first youtube channel and be on tv contact lone star community radio online at irlonestar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776. 
to take your first step into the radio world. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Hi, I'm Keith O'Connor, CEO coach and business mentor. I've spent four decades helping multiple entrepreneurs use my principles to take their businesses to the next level. My methods do not fix your problems. They help you fix them for yourself. I call this process Closing Strong. Contact me at 713-557-1639 or visit my website at closingstrong.com for a risk-free 30-minute meeting to see how I can help you. Because a business can only go as far as its leader can take it. Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dan Simon, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Time in Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com. It's all business talk on the weekly business hour every Monday at 11 a.m. right here on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. Uh, You've been listening to the weekly business hour. And again, thank you for joining us today. I want to remind you once again that if you miss part of the show or you want to share part of it with someone you know, you will find a videocast podcast posted on Wednesday of this week at the YouTube channel for the Weekly Business Hour. Just go to YouTube and type in the Weekly Business Hour. That'll take you to our channel. And today's show should be the one at the top of the list there. So also want to thank our sponsor, uh, Closing Strong and with Keith Ocano. Wonderful organization. They have some great people working there and they offer their assistance as business coaches, advisors, mentors, Everybody needs a mentor in their business. I believe that's absolutely true. And for time to time, we need an advisor and a lot of folks like a coach that's there working with them step by step. And they have a unique uh, proposition to you in that the Closing Strong organization, and Keith O'Connor particularly, goes with a philosophy that basically says, it's really not about me speaking of himself. I am not going to fix your problems. I'm going to help you fix them for yourself. And I think that's critically important. So he's not a consultant that comes in and designs the perfect wheel. He works with you to fix the challenges in your organization, strengthening you, your organization, and everybody associated with it. Thank you, Keith Ocano, and Closing Strong. I encourage you, if you're listening to the program, reach out to these people. Go to their website, www.closingstrong.com. That's Closing Strong. Com. I want to make a couple quick comments about uh, this week's uh, part two series of Soup to Nuts conversation with Brad Merkel. Uh, first, I want is one of the things he talked about was crisis priorities. 
And I think it's very, very important. And I see some businesses that I have been able to get in touch with or go out and pick up a, a meal or go to the grocery store. I see some people, in my opinion, these businesses are not getting it. The number one priority, right, health, safety, and wellness of the employees, the customers, the vendors, everybody that is or will be doing business with you as soon as you can open your business to the public at large. So health, safety, and wellness. And I think the question you have to ask yourself, or really, I guess, the test, is when you implement a process in your business going forward, whether it's today in a restaurant or a grocery store, some of the essential businesses are open, how comfortable do the people that it impacts, whether it be the employees, the customers, the vendors, how comfortable do they feel when they enter or do business with you? You've implemented these processes and procedures to protect people, but how comfortable do they feel? Because I can tell you, I've been in some businesses and I felt really uncomfortable about that business was really doing what they could do, reasonably could do to protect my health and promote wellness and the safety of myself, and in most cases, their employees. So take that as a test. How comfortable does someone who is in the environment that you've created, they feel like you really do have their health, safety, and wellness at heart? And the other thing is, I encourage you, continue to reach out to your customers, your suppliers, and your employees. If there are people that are laid off, You've got to put in place some kind of program, even if you're a small business with a handful of employees. You've got to have consistent contact once or twice a week, I advise at least, some kind of communication, email, text, phone calls, mix it up, be a little creative, have some fun with it, but stay in touch with these people and let them know where you're at. Let them know that you're thinking about them. That's my encouragement, and again, I appreciate uh, that Brad was able to bring us this special program to hopefully encourage and help people who are fighting through the current health and economic crisis that's in front of us. Okay, let's talk about the one best consult tip of the week. Uh, when are you going to reopen your business? Boy, that is probably the first or second biggest question on people's minds uh, throughout the, the America, in fact, around the world. When are you going to reopen your business? recognizing that the current situation is just overwhelming for many of us, and particularly for the business owner, the business manager, it's overwhelming for our business, in particular those businesses which there are millions that are closed down, basically completely have closed their business. There are certain service businesses such as barbershops, beauty shops, they can't be open. They can't sell their service online. They are completely shut down. There are other businesses such as sell products that they can revert to online. If they already have a strong online presence, that's great. In fact, I've read some success stories where they, if businesses, even small businesses, have converted their business more to the online and doing certain things, running certain promotions, that their sales are actually up month on month compared to last year. And that's an amazing story. So they're selling more of what they have to offer. And I think obviously it's possible if you just do it. So my encouragement to you, I've got three, four things I'd like to point out to you because you're sitting here saying, okay, when can I reopen? Well, the actuality, we all know it. it's up to the government, whether it be city, uh, county, state, national, they're the ones that make the technically make that decision. But 
I'm going to give you an encouragement, and it'll apply to most of you, but not all of you. Again, I mentioned certain businesses such as barbershops, beauty shops, those kind of businesses can't open up in any shape, form, or fashion under the current rules. First point, and I made it in the discussion about Brad Merkel, maintain communication with all your employees, vendors, and customers. Don't just take the day off, so to speak, and ignore your business because you can't open the doors. And this applies particularly to those services such as barbershops and beauty shops where your employees are out there, you furloughed them. They need communication. They need guidance. You need to communicate them about what options they have. Even giving them tags to resources where they can find help for themselves and their families. Secondly, I think you need to review, adjust, and keep your marketing on. Keep marketing your business. Now, you may change your message a bit so that you don't put out certain sales or certain discounts or on this date we're doing that, but just keep your name, your brand out in front of folks so they know you still exist. Even though your storefront may be shut down and the obvious way to do business with you may be difficult, if you're online, then you want to point your marketing to the online store that you've had established. But keep the marketing on. Stay engaged in it. Secondly, keep your plant, if you have a plant and you produce a product, rolling stock, inventory, keep them current. In other words, look at what you have and be aware of it now. Don't wait until we get the announcement that next week or even in two weeks, we're going to allow the opening of such and such under these conditions, and all of a sudden your business is allowed to go back in business full time, so to speak. Make sure you keep track of what you have. If you've got maintenance on equipment, I see a lot of companies that have production lines, that have production equipment, have rolling stocks, vehicles, delivery vehicles, service vehicles. They're taking care of those issues they may have. They're performing maintenance. They want to make sure things are ready so that when we're allowed to go back into business, things that work for you, the tools of your business, I'm talking about the the ones you can touch and feel, the inventory and things, are ready to go. So when your people can come back to work, then you can go back to work with your business. And the last thing I'd like to mention quickly is look for new ways to improve your business, new product services, delivery of products and services, employee compensation. There's so many things that we can review. Review your business plan. Obviously, you're going to have to adjust it. But use this time as really a freebie on being creative about your business. So once everything's ready to go and you're given the green light, then you can implement and focus, focus, focus on making your business better than it was when the current situation happened. Please put a note in your calendar to join us next Monday right here on IRLoneStar.com at 11 a.m. We'll have the final segment of our Soup to Nuts conversation with Brad Merkel entitled Intentionality, Leading on Purpose. And I encourage you again, stay in contact with the world, all the things that are going on around us. And until next week, stay engaged. Again, don't go to sleep. Stay engaged with business and keep your focus on what counts for your business. Thanks. Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. 
more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.